Hello there. Welcome to the Christ Covenant Sermon Talkback. The Sermon Talkback is a chance for pastors and members of Christ Covenant to process the sermon, ask questions to the preacher, and more practically apply the content of the sermon. If you have a question for the Sermon Talkback, please text it to the Text to Pastor line at 678 951 9041, or you can ask through Twitter by tweeting to Jason directly at Jason Edwin Dees. Enjoy. All right. Well, we continue the Psalm series at Christ Covenant. Will Kinds, of course, did a great job last week looking at Psalms of Lament. This week we look at Psalms of Praise. I'm joined by Jordan Coughlin, a master of praise, uh, Jennifer McClish, uh, who's just incredible. Do you guys have a nice Father's Day? We had a great Father's Day. Matt, man, I mean, who's a better father than him? I can't think of one. He's awesome. The only person that might be a close second is Blake Rogers. Great know. dad. Matt McClish. Yeah. What a guy. He's <laughs> much more proven McClish. than I am. You're you much, yeah, you're yeah. much more proven. You know, I, I still got a lot of I still got a lot of road to walk. He's probably Matt McClish is like heading toward home base, uh, home plate on his uh yeah. f- parenting. You, but yeah. you're you're at least on first base. I don't know. I yeah. think I'm probably still like the batting cage. Still <laughs> oh, learning man. how to swing. <laughs> uh, you do realize you have multiple kids, right? Yeah. I know. Maybe the on deck circle. I'm in the game. Yeah, maybe the on deck circle. Well, uh I this is I, I'm I'm really enjoying the series so far. I mean, I guess we're only two weeks into it, but I feel like we could spend, uh, to be honest with you, my, my thought last week was, gosh, we should have done like four or five weeks on lament and then like next summer done like four or five weeks on praise and then like the next summer, and, you know, we could still, do, we could still do that in coming. Yeah, we could still do that. 2021, it's coming around. But, but that, uh, that is the Bible though, right? I mean, it is inexhaustible. Yes. yes. Um, you, you can. Every sermon yeah. you're like, I wish we had more time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but that's the great thing about Bible study. It's a great thing about. Sermon listening, sermon writing. And even is, like the Rhythms Guide, like we wanted you to read the Psalms of Lament and the Rivers, right. uh, the Rhythms Guide and their Psalms of Praise this week. So read those and, you know, write your own sermon, you know, for them. Yeah, no, I'm just right. no, but like, <laughs> you know, meditate, <laughs> meditate on them, you know, as a Christian. And so journaling, though, a good practice. Oh, I do. I mean, no, yeah. I mean, and it just, yeah, asking yourself the question, how does this speak to to all Christians and how does it speak to me is something we should always ask mm-hmm. when we, we read the Bible. Well, so, aren't you, the part of the goal of this series is to give people principles for different genres within Psalms yeah. so that then you can go read Psalms of Lament, let's say, and have a better understanding of how that fits in the life of a Christian. Well, and that's a good little, that's a, you know what, Jordan, thanks for keeping us on track here. That's what um, I'm here for. That's what I, that's a great little segue into, I think, a good place to go here. Because we talked a little bit yesterday just even about this definition, this idea of praise. When we talk about songs of praise, I didn't want people to think, I mean, this is obviously, a, it's a happy psalm in the fact that David has been delivered, but it's kind of not all happy. I mean, part of it is just his recognition of his need of God. Uh, it, but but it is all God-directed. And I think mm-hmm. all the Psalms of Praise are really like that. They're, they're a recognition, what I tried to say yesterday, and I was really curious, actually, Jordan. I, it was like, at one point in the middle of my sermon, because I just know you've thought about this so much, I almost wanted to turn to you and be like, does this sound right, Jordan? Like, you know, <laughs> I, but uh, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I wanted to kind of say, look, when we this idea of praise, it, it's it begins with a recognition. It, it begins with a recognition of, of who God is, His character, what He is like, and then it's an expression of that. Um, and I think that's probably an area where we need to grow as Christians, the ability to even do that. But let's step back. I mean, that definition. I mean, do we agree? Is that helpful, or was it incomplete in some ways? I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts. Yeah, I think I do agree. Um, I I think, you know, to add words to what you just said, it's admiration, right? We are we are seeing something that is great and we're we're in a sense admiring it. Um, there's also an excitement to it, right? Like mm-hmm. yeah, I mean even thinking in our, you know, normal lives when when I eat something good, yeah, uh, my natural mm-hmm. expression is is praising that thing. Oh, that was so good. And not only that, but then I want to involve other people, right? I, yes. I text Blake and say, Blake, you got to try this. This was amazing. Right. Yeah. Um, and so there is this, uh, is excitement. There's a, there's a, a gladness to our expression of admiration or, or praise of this thing. And you yeah. can't help it. Yeah. Right. Like I tell my kids, for example, like I love them all the time to the point where they get tired of it, but I just can't help it. I just like want to admire them. I want Mm -hmm. to praise them because my heart is full. Uh, Well, and that's, what's so cool about if you think about David writing the Psalms, why did he write the Psalms? Why did he write these songs of Thanksgiving? Uh, Chances are venturing to guess he's not just doing it as an intellectual exercise or, Hey, I need to teach the people of Israel. He, this is, this is a manifestation of his joy and excitement. Look at what the Mm -hmm. Lord has just done. And you can, you can see his relationship with God in that because it, it reveals what he thinks, um, about God and who God is. Because if you think about a person who thinks that they need to please God to earn his favor, they may think they have to, you know, give God, um, compliments that, that praise is just, um, you know, complimenting him as if he needs that. But instead, praise and what the Psalms teach us and what David shows us is it's just recognizing how awesome God is. And it's a natural mm-hmm. overflow of your enjoyment of him. Yeah. I've often thought of praise as like awe and wonder expressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the expression of awe and wonder. Like right now, this very moment, I am in awe of what's happening right outside the collective here. There's this crane that just lowered like this multiple thousand pound thing like and all i want to do is like actually just tell you guys about it and so that's what i did i'm so like gl- i'm so glad i just turned around yeah and yeah. Like, there's this crane that's like at least i don't know maybe like a foot from a major portion of this building and it's that is i'm amazing. in awe and wonder and so i told you about it and so that's i think that's like praise you know it's the, the, the things that we um see as valuable <laughs> the things that we are in awe about um, we we express right drives an expression for us and you know I talked yesterday about like who do we praise right and so it, it this is a, this is a prayer a praise of deliverance David is actually a recipient of something here mm-hmm. and it's driving him to praise and so mm-hmm. I, I don't want to make a light of that because I think that's an important part of the Christian life but our praise is God-directed. It's not just about our experience of God. Um, and I wanted to be very clear on that because mm-hmm. there are going to be a lot of times in your Christian life when 
you know what? It's right, like Psalm 103, right? I am not going to forget the benefits of God. There have been times in my life where I have been in awe of God, and there have been times in my life where I have, you know, forgotten the benefits of God. And, uh, but there, it's still right to bless the Lord or to praise the Lord or to bring honor to the Lord because his character is unchanging. Um, and I, I think that that would be something that I want to be true of us as a church, that our understanding of God would be so robust that it would go beyond necessarily or necessarily our experiences of God. Yeah, and I it's that's so important, and I I need to hear that daily, right? And, and but we've we've heard it in many different places. the The idea that we praise the character of who God is uh, more than just the gifts that He gives us, right? That's it, yes. right? And and that's so important. So you see, David here, he is praising God for this mighty act of deliverance. Um, and yet, I assume, and I think for all of us, is important to know, and I love how you brought up Psalm 103, like there is also a purposeful remembrance of who God is in his character. And that's what, that's what keeps us from being swept by the up and down emotional experiences that we have in life, right? If, mm-hmm. I'm, if I'm experiencing blessing and plenty, then I'm happy and trust God and praise him. But then when I'm in, down in the depths, I, you know, I, I can't see God's goodness. And I doubt that he's, he's ever going to, you know, give good things to me. And, and I mentioned this yesterday. I think that if your faith is dependent on a diet of like awesome experiences of God, and you can't kind of find yourself enjoying a mundane kind of relationship with God mm-hmm. at times. Not that, I mean, look, we all want, I mean, so I'm not knocking an, an awesome experience of God. I mean, I remember there was one time of, uh, I was, was when I was working at the J Tranch and we had a night of praise and worship. And, and it just was one of those times where like the Holy Spirit, uh, we were aware of the Spirit in this very thick and personal way. And we literally sang and read scripture and prayed together for like six hours. Okay. That is a foundational experience in my life. Um, and it was very genuine. It was very real. It mm-hmm. wasn't manipulated. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like mm-hmm. the, the, the people that came up with the night, uh, in fact, uh, um, the guy that was playing guitar, like they, they didn't, they weren't ready for this. It just happened. Um, and so that was awesome. But I think because those things are so awesome, it's the temptation of Christian leaders to try to say like, Oh, maybe we can kind of create that. Create that. And then people end up like needing that or wanting that to have this like mm-hmm. mega experience of God. And I, I think I would rather like, you know, train our church to say, look, like if that happens and God moves on us and, and, and our church comes together and, and with that hunger for worship, then praise God. Like, of course, yes, right. we want that. But we're also going to be able to like teach you to just like sit down at your desk, not like overlooking the Grand Canyon, but just, in sure. a room right. with like a lamp yeah. and a Bible yes. and engage with God in a very like simple way too and, and still commune with the living God of it's, the universe. It's like what you said about why the Old Testament is so important and that you question whether or not you can even be a, a Christian if you don't uh, understand it because we wouldn't have the right idea about God if we just looked at his creation or other revelations or experiences. But when you look at the Old Testament, 
you see his character and then you see David did the same thing. He reminds himself of who God is mm-hmm. and how he's faithful to those promises. And then he sees himself um, as a character in that story, which is probably getting ahead to um, the end of your sermon. But knowing God and seeing him in his word is, uh, I mean, you can't mm-hmm. walk the Christian faith without it. Well, you know what? Let, oh, you have something to say? I was just going to say, I, I was with your Tuesday night group uh, probably a couple of months ago now, and uh, I was talking about singing. Why do we sing? And one of the points that I made was it's actually better than we think it is, right? We think that we have to have, we're yearning for these emotional, like high top experiences to kind of carry us through our life. The reality is we can anticipate and long for those things while still knowing and believing that God is with me right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And his yeah. presence is with me. Right. And and so it's actually much better than me having to rely upon something. I can trust and believe and know that when I'm by myself, when I'm with, you know, another Christian, really anywhere, enjoying mm-hmm. God's creation, God is with us. Yeah. I mean, what's coming to mind right now is like John 16, where Jesus says, like, it's better that the spirit comes to indwell you than for me to be with you when they were with jesus they were seeing miracles they were hearing all this great teaching but he is saying like the kind of like long-suffering ministry of the holy spirit in your life Mm. is actually better than you seeing me raise a dead person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and that's really powerful that's a that's a powerful idea which is also why we covered lament last week that's why there's a variety of different circumstances um that they kind of undergird the psalms like the, these are for all of life. And you kind of started the sermon talking about that yesterday. Like yeah. much of the Bible's written to us, but the Psalms in a very real way are written for us almost. Um, well, and, and even in the text, I wanted people to see, like there's a lot of kind of the Christian experience in this. There's like the the call of man, I mean, the kind of the big five points I looked at is the call of man, the answer of God. Uh, and, um, and I wanted people to see that God is answering our call even if it doesn't look outwardly as dramatic as this answer, mm-hmm. our salvation, right, which is wrapped up in the righteousness of Christ that we talked about, us finding ourselves in the way of God, which is what you were saying, Jennifer, mm-hmm. and then of course our response of praise. Like so, praise kind of endures everything we're experiencing, really our whole Christian journey. If we're just kind of finding ourselves in God's way, so David found himself in God's way. To your point by like actually defeating the enemies. It was God's will that those enemies would be defeated. David was the agent God used. Uh, But I think this is a really important point. Like I was talking to a guy this morning, actually, and I was saying like, how is God redeeming the world? Um, It was kind of in the context of a lot of the racial conversations that people are saying right now. And, um, you know, a lot of people just say, well, we just need to preach the gospel. Of, of course, like the gospel motivates this, it invites us into the way of God. Mm-hmm. But God actually uses then his people to bring about tangible, tangible redemption mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the world. So, for example, like, you know, we were talking about literacy, right? So Shannon Smith, we'll just use her as an example. She works with the Arise Atlanta Literacy Program. Of course, Shannon believes the gospel, but she is actually finding herself in the way of God by mentoring one or two children to read. And it's actually God's ministry to them Mm -hmm. through her because she's found herself in the way of God. I think that's exactly what David is describing here where, and, and what Shannon should say is God 
I can't remember the name of the children that she mentors, but let's say it's, you know, Joe and Ted, you know, God, you love Joe and Ted so much Mm -hmm. that you have trained my heart. Like you have made me know how to read and you have given me and because you love them, Mm -hmm. because this is your will. And that in and of itself is an act of praise. So we're praising God as we find ourselves in his way. We're praising God as we understand his salvation for us. We're praising God as we understand how he answers our prayer. And we're even praising God in crying out to him because of the very fact that we're crying out to him Mm -hmm. is an acknowledgement that he's the one that we need to answer us. Yeah, 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 so a question for you. So with the the language of deliverance, um, how how much do you think that, we should import the gospel into this language. So in other words, you know, David obviously didn't experience the, the full, right, you right. Know, fruits of Jesus coming to this world, radically bringing us from death to life. Um, how much should we kind of import that back into even a psalm like this, where it's talking about this deliverance? Yeah. Um, and, and maybe, you know, I have a lot of trials going on in my life, um, and I'm crying out for deliverance. It, it, in other words, am I dependent on God answering those prayers, or do I have actually a fuller picture because I have this massive gospel light that right. kind of shines on my life? Well, I, I think it's a both and. I mean, I think what is David's ultimate deliverance? It's Psalm 110, kind of, right? It's the Lord says to my Lord, Right. I mean, he's recognizing forwardly that my son, if you will, is going to bring about a greater salvation. Right. So and again, I even pointed to other Psalms like Psalm 51 yesterday, David recognizing his sinfulness. So what is David's ultimate sinfulness and and what is David's hope for finding true blessing and true communion? Why is why is he God's delight? Um, why is he the one that God delights in? Well, I think personally, I think, and, and again, I think Hebrews 11 lists David. Mm-hmm. It doesn't give the specific things that David trusted God in, but it listed him as one who looks to God in faith. And so I think it's Jesus. So I think that that's a right, I mean, obviously I do, I talked about it yesterday, but mm-hmm. I think that's a right rendering. But it, there's also kind of an immediate deliverance he was delivered from the hand of Saul. Um, and in the same way, so I think that is a, you know, that's an answer. And then God also gave him an even greater answer through his faith that he would really be delivered from Sheol, that he would really be delivered from death. Um, more than just, you know, this immediate deliverance. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I think that's true for the Christian life too. Like it's, it's not wrong for us obviously as Christians kind of on the other side of this to pray for an immediate delivery from pain or from death or from some sort of trial. Um, but behind that we can realize God has actually delivered us from our greatest enemies already. And when he does deliver us from those things, we can say, this is, you know, a signpost Mm -hmm. of the ultimate deliverance. If, If you're struggling with loneliness, let's say, okay. And you pray to God, give me a friend, deliver me from loneliness. Mm-hmm. And if he provides you a friend, that is in one sense a deliverance. 
But it's also for you a reminder that one day in his kingdom, because of what God has done for you in Christ, you, and now even, you are a part of a community, you're a part of a people, and you'll experience that community and that people one day in this full way. Um, You know, some of the deepest community that I've ever had was when I lived in the fraternity house at Auburn, right? And I always even say, like, I wish Paige and my children would want to live in the fraternity house. And me and all my kids, all my friends could just still live there with our families. Like, it would be awesome. Um, but I think that that to me is a little bit of a taste, I think, mm-hmm. that God gave me of the kind of community that I'll have in the coming kingdom where there's like always somebody that wants to hang out with me. There's always an adventure to go on. There's all it, it, it's, it's mm-hmm. this full understanding of community. And uh, and so I think. Again, I think all of these things that we're experiencing in this life should point us into mm-hmm. what Christ has ultimately accomplished for us in the gospel. And all of the bad things that we experience in this life should remind us of the true deliverance that we will one day receive. Mm-hmm. So. so that makes me think of a question. When you were talking about the answer of God and you, what you've just been talking about addresses that, but then you said um, you know, that God is not far off that we believe that when we call out to him. Um, and he's, but we don't always get the answer that we perceive or feel. Um, but we see that the Lord is answering us and that we should develop a discipline of, um, quiet. Yeah. So how, um, would you apply that this discipline of quiet into recognizing, um, that God is answering? Well, one of the things, and, and, and you heard the first sermon, Jennifer, and, and actually the, <laughs> We, we talked about this. I preached the sermon twice yesterday and the second sermon got better. And part of that was just, you know, I meditated on the text yeah. a little more. It got better in my own mind. Pro, pro tip for congregants. Second no, sermon. No, no, no. You don't want to say that. You don't want to say that. You don't want to say that. No, this week, th- I did a little the vacation last week. I didn't have my normal yeah. prep rhythm. <laughs> okay. And so things got messed up a little bit. But this week, first service is going to be way better. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so sign up for the first service. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I talked about this a little bit. So, I mean, what we see in this of the answer of God was, did David really see all of this or is he saying your answer was this dramatic? And I think, I don't know that he like saw like flashes of lightning, all this kind of stuff. I mean, I think he just saw like I was delivered from Saul and it was like this. It was Mm -hmm. God answering me is like this. Now I do think things that David saw because it was this very physical you know, he's really being chased by a king. He's really, you know, it was probably more than most of the answers to the prayers that I get. Right. <clears throat> but I still think he is seeing a bigger answer than he actually, quote unquote, saw. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yes. In the same way, like, this is what I was trying to say to the church. Like, look, God is answering our prayers all the time. God, God is hearing our prayers from his throne room and responding in these great ways. And actually, if you really understood what those answers were, it would look like this. Mm. But, you know, what we're actually seeing is this. And but I do think to, to see that, to see it in a bigger way and to connect it to the Lord requires prayerfulness. I mean, prayer um, requires, I think, real prayer requires a discipline of silence and solitude mm-hmm. to some degree. And then I think an awareness of the answer of prayer requires in a discipline of silence and solitude. I will blow past God's answering of my prayers uh, really quickly. 
Mm-hmm. And I'll just think like, I just did something awesome. <laughs> um, unless I take time to kind of reflect or give thanks to the Lord. And I think that's kind of what we see with David here. Like he understands it wasn't me that bent the bow. God did this through me and my enemies were defeated. Right. And so I think this is a really good model for us of what the discipline of prayer in terms of just pray, spending time praising God, spending time thanking God for things. Um, this is what it will create in your heart, a recognition of God's work, even when sometimes God's work doesn't include you, mm-hmm. but even when God's work includes you, mm-hmm. you'll have a right perspective of how God is using you. Right. Yeah. Along those lines, I'm reading from your manuscript here, which I love that you make this available to people um, if they need it. It says, we can praise him when we're sad. We, we can praise him when we are angry. Um, even when our hearts are crushed, we can praise the Lord because praise is not a recognition of our position or even our circumstances, right? It's a recognition of who God is. Mm-hmm. And when we trust that God is sovereign, whatever is going on in our lives, um, we can praise him. And, mm-hmm. and it may look differently. It may look quite quiet and contemplative. Um, but when we trust that God is sovereign, when we trust that God is good, when we trust that God is working all things for the good of those who love him called according to his purpose, we can praise him because we know who he is. And it's, it's amazing how many times David or any psalm writer appeals to the character of God. Mm. So even in the midst of lament or sorrow or cries for deliverance, he's appealing to God, yeah. this is who I know you to be. And yet this is happening. And, and so I think there's, uh, that's why I, one of the reasons why I love Psalm 103 is because, you know, so much of what Psalm 103 talks about regarding the Lord is his character that, you know, he does, he does not deal with us according to our sins. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lord is this way. And, and so I think again, that that's, that should be expressed in our cries for deliverance is it's a trust, like you were saying, right. Blake, in the character of God. Um, that he is good and he's actually better than we think he is. Yeah. Yes. And that's, that's a, I mean, I'm going to talk about this in a couple of weeks when we talk about Psalms of Thanksgiving. I just think Christians would do so much better if they were just more thankful yeah. <laughs> Be, because we don't see all the ways that God is good, all the right. ways that he is working. We see like little slices, little pieces. And when mm-hmm. we see those, they overwhelm us. It's, it's amazing. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we can trust that God is actually much better than we think he is. It's yeah. Like, and, and, oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. that's all right. I was going to say when, and then the Psalms, all it, it always says steadfast love and faithfulness, um, describing God over and over again. And I think sometimes in my mind, I think like dependable, but it's, it's nothing, it's so much more than that. He's, he's vigorously good. He's, mm. he's aggressively good. There's so much good in God that to Jordan's point, we cannot, we, we can hardly fathom it. It's nothing like us. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, like, um, the good that we experience, you know, I talked about, I think the world, one of the reasons the world's getting better and better and better is that God is kind of working out. He's answering prayers. He's doing things in the life of people, not always Christians, a lot of times Christians. Um, but the, the, these seeds are being sown and redemption is happening. And, and, and I think a lot of times it, it requires trials. It requires hard things to even just recognize the vigorous goodness mm-hmm. of God. I love that. Like 
I mean, I have never thanked God for, uh, you know, the polio vaccine until this year. Right. Um, but as I was like asking mm-hmm. God to give us a coronavirus vaccine, um, I it's was like, like oh, goodness. oh, yeah, you yeah. know what? You've already given us some. So, like, yeah. <laughs> you've already given us a lot of vaccines, actually. Right. I'm not worried about polio. You know, how horrible would that be? I'm not worried right. about smallpox right now. I mean, so th- there there is a shielding goodness, and I totally agree with what you're saying, Jordan. Like, if we would just take more time to be grateful, I think that we would see the answers of God more like David did, and it's this, like, big, amazing, huge mm-hmm. thing, um, and it's not a subtle thing at all. Mm-hmm. So It's like but, it goes hand in hand, though. Like, to expand your view of God helps you to see more things that you should be thankful for, and the more you're thankful then expands your view of God. Yeah, that's good. And and that's so much of, you know, what we've learned in how to pray, even Jesus teaching us how to pray. Mm -hmm. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, Mm -hmm. an expression of admiration and worship. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. An expression of God, your ways are good, Mm -hmm. right? You you know the best. Then it's give us this day our daily bread. And so there, then there are requests come. So it's, you know, there is a progression of thought that I think is, is important for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Um, this all reminds me of Isaiah 43 and verse 21. The people whom I formed for myself, that they may declare my praise. Um, praising God is not something extra in life, you know. It is the thing that we were intended to do. Um, and whether we recognize that or not um, is the question. Yeah. But God designed us to be his image bearers. In other words, to reflect his glory to all of the earth. And it's when we are praising God, that is when we are fulfilling our intended purpose. Right. And that's kind of what I was trying to say at the end. You are a character in this story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And you're either going to be, you know, you're, you're either going to act out in a way that is going to please God or you're going to be God's enemy. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're either going to be the one that is with God, bringing his victory, making his name known, or you're actually going to be the one that is crushed by him yeah. because you live in defiance yeah. of him. It's like you're, you're going to praise him or you're going to compete against his praise. It's, yeah, that's um, it. It's... You know, we are, I don't know how to say it, but like praise machines in another, in, in other, like we, that's just what we do. We, we are always ascribing glory and praise to things in this world. It's a part of why and how God made us. We are right when we do that to him. And when we don't honor and, and praise and glorify him, we are using the praise of our hearts that we were intended to make to honor and glorify other things. And so often those are things at the earthly level. And uh, I think it's just important to to always realize that about yourself. And that's why it's important to always recenter yourself by reading God's Word. And I tried to say this yesterday at the end of the service, like recenter yourself by by reminding your soul of who God is through His Word on a regular diet. Yeah, and I, I, I loved how, you know, one of your last points was the way of God and how God's deliverance is is for transformation and you said this line it was just very convicting for me we try to write our own lives and then go to church to get a little guidance along the way yeah right rather than no god has delivered us 
to live for his glory, yeah. to live for his praise. And I, I was just convicted, you know, as I was thinking about my own life and just how often I do exactly that. I try to write my own life. I'm trying to write my own story, right? I'm trying to, to do it according to what I think is best um, rather than than knowing that God has actually set me free to, to follow him, to enjoy him, to trust him. Emory and I were talking out last night. Uh, she... Paige sometimes will pray, you know, Lord, may your angels protect us or something like, you know, surround us with your angels. And I guess Imriana had heard like a story about a guy falling off a mountain and dying or something. And she said, why did that happen? Like, did the mm -hmm. angels fail, mm -hmm. you know? What a perceptive little girl. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean <laughs> golly, yeah. question. Yeah. And, and of course, like I get these questions, you know, we're really bad pants. We, we put our kids to bed way too late. You know, I'm getting these questions at like 10 PM and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And so, <laughs> but I just said to her, Imriana, like we don't hope in this life, you know, like, of course we want God to protect us in this life. And it's it, It's good for us to pray that his angels would protect us, but our hope's not in this life. Our hope is is in God and in His eternal kingdom and in the life that He's preparing for us. And in in this life, we just want to be used for His purposes. And so, if He if He decides to protect us until we're old with His angels, then good. But if not, then then we can find joy in that. And 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 I think that gave her enough to think about until tonight, hopefully. But like, uh, um, but this is just you know this is the point. Like like this is not our story. Right. This is not the Jason yeah. D's narrative. And if it was going to be the Jason D's narrative, you know, I'm sure I would write a different story than God is writing for my life or for your lives or for whoever. But it would be a far less beautiful story. It would be a far less. And so I, I just want to find myself as a character and trust that the author is good and right. And I yeah. think ultimately, and again, I'm not saying I really do that all the time. I compete with the author all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm like the, I am the worst actor that the director could hire because I'm always telling the director how to do his job. Um, but if I could just do what the director says, like this, this is going to be a really good story. Mm -hmm. And, and, and as I find myself in it, I'm going to receive a lot of joy and mm -hmm. the director is going to receive the glory that he is due. Blake, you got a closing thought? Um, I feel I, you, you pulled your phone out. Maybe you're just checking no, the text. I, I, message. I was checking an email, but you know what? Uh, I, I, I was like, oh, Man. Blake's got something. Blake's done. Now that you say like, it. Um, let's see here. I thought, I, I thought you were like pulling up a Walt Whitman poem or something like that. Mm -hmm. Just to here's, carry the literature. Here's thing. something that we can all praise God for today. All right. right. So in Matthew 16, you've got this, this moment where Peter confesses that, that Jesus is the Christ. And um, verse 16, Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And man, if you know the risen Christ today, it is because God has revealed that mm, to you. And let's be reminded of that. And let's give good. praise and honor and glory to him who reveals all of life's purpose to us in Christ. That's really good. Well, for Blake Rogers, second greatest dad represented in this circle. That's right. <laughs> Jennifer McClish, 
wife of Matt McClish, greatest father, and Jordan Coughlin, also a great father in his own right. Maybe third. <laughs> I'm J- <laughs> third place. I'm Jason D's fourth best father represented in this circle. <laughs> Thanks for listening.